if you share the gospel 10 times or even 100 times and just one person comes to know Christ while all the rest walk away laughing at you, was it worth it? I can't answer that for you, but I will offer this. If we wait for the perfect opportunity to be kind to someone before we're willing to actually show that kindness, then we'll spend our whole lives never doing a good thing for anyone. What is up, everybody? Welcome back to An Average Account of Exceptional Things. My name is Chandler, and I'm your host. Thanks for joining us today. Well, welcome back for part three of our Fruits of the Spirit series. If you haven't listened to part one or part two, feel free to go ahead and pause this episode right now, head back and give those a listen, and then come back. But if not, we're going to go ahead and get right into it. Now, as we mentioned last week, we can see in Scripture that a tree is judged by its fruits. So we're going to be discussing the fruits that we as Christians should be bearing. And to start this off, as with the previous two episodes in this series, I want to go ahead and read the passage of Scripture that this idea of the fruits of the Spirit comes from. It's going to be Galatians chapter 5, verses 22 through 26. But the fruit of the Spirit is love. Joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such things there is no law. And those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. If we live by the Spirit, let us also keep in step with the Spirit. Let us not become conceited, provoking one another, envying one another. So far, we have discussed love, joy, peace, and patience. So this week, we are tackling the next three, kindness, goodness, and faithfulness. So we're going to go ahead and get right into kindness and goodness. Now, we're putting kindness and goodness together for this discussion here, since they really go hand in hand, in my opinion. So addressing that first one, kindness. How do we define kindness? Well, you may recall in our episode, way back in episode two of this podcast, when we talked about wisdom, we discussed how wisdom is the understanding of how to apply knowledge. Well, kindness is kind of like that in this sense. Kindness is putting love into action, which is also very convenient given our recent discussion about that fruit of the Spirit just a couple weeks back. So much like love, kindness is something as well that I feel like is very intentional. And we can see this exhibited in Colossians chapter 3 verses 12 and 13. Put on then as God's chosen ones, holy and beloved, compassionate hearts, Kindness, humility, meekness, and patience. Bearing with one another, and, if one has a complaint against another, forgiving each other, as the Lord has forgiven you, so you also must forgive. 
Now, what I want to stress here is that it is a daily choice that we have to make. Rarely does kindness stem from a place of convenience. So, in my opinion, it's very important to set out each day with the mindset that we're going to be kind to others. Now, being kind to others can be represented in a number of ways, though. Think back to how we defined kindness just a moment ago. We defined kindness as love put into action. So another way you could approach this is asking the question, how can you show someone that you love them? How can you show someone that you care about them? Well, it could be in the way that you speak to them, maybe offering a kind word or a word of encouragement. Or it might be through something like an act of service. There are so many ways to show a person that you care about them. And often, these are specific to each situation. Because we're all going through something different. And the way that you can best communicate that to a given individual may vary depending on what circumstances they find themselves in. Here's an easy test that we can apply in our lives, though. When making a decision about what to say or what to do, we can just ask ourselves, does this communicate to this person or this group that I love them, that I care about them, that I value them? Now that can be a pretty quick way to help guard against those moments when we're often tempted to lash out quickly in frustration or even just with disregard towards others. But where does this kindness come from? Well, we are called to love others just as Christ loves us. And so, in that same kind of way, I think we have to remember the incredible kindness that God has shown to us, and then let that be reflected in our attitude and our actions. This is a lot like the golden rule that we often hear. Do unto others as you would have them do unto you. Or another way that it's often phrased is treat others how you'd like to be treated. Now, this is actually coming from the Bible. I think we may have addressed this once before in the show. Uh, but this comes from Matthew chapter 7, verse 12. It can be difficult a lot of times, though especially when we worry that our kindness could be misunderstood by others. For some, there may be concern that an act of kindness could be perceived as something else. People might think that you have other motives for being good to them. And honestly, I think that that speaks more to the unfortunate uh, and, and heartbreaking condition of the world that we live in these days. But another big concern as well, is that people might take advantage of kindness. No one wants to be considered a pushover. And there's an old saying, well, I think it's an old saying, I don't know. The, the point is that I've heard it said many times that nice guys finish last. And that is a serious fear, or at the very least, a concern for a lot of people when they go to show kindness. Am I being taken advantage of? Well, I think that there are some different ways that we can approach this. 
one big instance that I think illustrates this in a very real way is charity for those in need. And a lot of times you may have found yourself approached by someone on the street, maybe in a parking lot or as you were walking down the sidewalk. And generally this is someone who is in need, maybe even someone who is homeless. Well, a lot of people, when an individual like this approaches them and and speaks to them, a lot of people immediately worry about scammers. I think that a lot of us, uh, particularly in the U.S., have heard stories about people who will stand on the the street corner all day uh, asking for money and then hop in a $40,000 car and drive home. Or maybe people worry that if they give someone money, that person might use the money for less wholesome things, we'll say. And those are, in some cases, very legitimate concerns. Uh, There are people who will try to take advantage of kindness, and I wish that it weren't the case, uh, but in some situations it is. But there are some great ways to approach situations like this that I feel still allow Uh, to address that concern in some ways, uh, but most importantly, still being able to show kindness to others, to show people that you love them, that you care about them. And one way that I've heard a lot of people uh, address this concern is trying to meet a need directly. So, for instance, if someone uh, approaches you or you're having a conversation with someone and they're hungry, for example, they don't have any food, well, a lot of times people may ask for money, but if you know that the problem is that this person needs their next meal, take them to a grocery store. A lot of times, especially, you may find that you're not that far away from the nearest grocery store or even a restaurant. And I know a number of people who have actually done this. So I I know one gentleman, for instance, who was approached by, uh, by a fellow man who was in need and He said, well, you know, I don't really carry cash on me, which was true for this particular guy. Uh, But he said, I'll tell you what I can do. We can go into this Chick-fil-A right here, and I'll buy you whatever you want, as much as you need to eat, to make sure that you've got a good meal. Another example that I heard, uh, very similar, a gentleman was approached by, once again, an individual who was uh, hungry and in need of food, and he'd asked for money. And this guy said, once again, you know, I don't really keep cash on me, uh, which I can personally attest for this individual was the case. And he said, but what I do have is this granola bar. I was going to eat it for breakfast, but if you'd like it, you're more than welcome to have it. And he ended up giving away that granola bar. For him, that just meant a missed breakfast. But for that person... It was exactly what they needed. So even though he couldn't provide what we would often consider financial support in that situation, he was still able to meet a need just by being willing to give what he had. And I think that's a very powerful thing to provide food to someone who's hungry, or maybe it's clothes for someone who's in need of of that in particular. But ultimately... We have to acknowledge as well that there are some instances where, for one reason or another, 
the only real option is to provide that financial support or to turn someone away. And in those instances, sometimes we just have to use our best judgment, but ultimately we have to also trust that God works in those situations. And I know that this can be a touchy subject, but it's something that is a little uncomfortable to talk about. And that's exactly why I think that it's so important to have this discussion here, because we are called to show kindness to others, to be kind to people and to be a light in the world. And I also recognize that there are some very real concerns with uh, the state of the society that we live in, but that is still no excuse to close our hearts off to people in need. And so that's just one way that I have found that some individuals help offset that concern that, that there are people who are taking advantage of kindness. And so in that way, they're able to still help those in need while uh, doing what they would consider to be good stewardship of whatever resources God has blessed them with. And ultimately, there are individuals who are going to take advantage of kindness, but there are also plenty of good people in a hard situation. So when we can, I generally favor trying to help someone who seems to be in need. Think about it this way, though. If you show kindness to ten people and nine walk away laughing at how they really tricked you, how they pulled one over on you, was it worth it? Well, think about that one person who was struggling, and they didn't know how they are going to make it through. They didn't know where their next meal was going to come from, or they needed more than anything just to know that they had a friend or that they had someone who cared about them. It made all the difference to that person. And ultimately, the same is true in the context of evangelism as well. Ultimately, sharing the gospel with someone is the kindest thing that we can do. If you share the gospel ten times, or even a hundred times, and just one person comes to know Christ, while all the rest walk away laughing at you, was it worth it? I can't answer that for you. But I will offer this. If we wait for the perfect opportunity to be kind to someone before we're willing to actually show that kindness, then we'll spend our whole lives never doing a good thing for anyone. That's just the world that we live in. There will always be those who look to capitalize on the goodness of others. But we're not called to let that deter us from showing people the love of Christ through our words and through our actions. And this is where the goodness comes in. So goodness is very similar to kindness in a lot of ways. And the best definition that I have for this is that goodness is an uprightness of heart and life. So do with that what you will. But goodness goes right alongside what we've been discussing. And we can see this in Romans chapter 12, verses 14 through 21. Bless those who persecute you. Bless and do not curse them. Rejoice with those who rejoice. Weep with those who weep. Live in harmony with one another. 
Do not be haughty, but associate with the lowly. Never be wise in your own sight. Repay no one evil for evil, but give thought to do what is honorable in the sight of all. If possible, so far as it depends on you, live peaceably with all. Beloved, never avenge yourselves, but leave it to the wrath of God, for it is written, Vengeance is mine, I will repay, says the Lord. To the contrary, if your enemy is hungry, feed him. If he is thirsty, give him something to drink. For by so doing, you will heap burning coals on his head. Do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. And so, once again I'll say, don't take my word for it, take God's word for it. When people take advantage of kindness, or even persecute you for it, the response we are called to here is not to strike back, but to continue to be good to them. And that's a hard thing to do. A while back, I was there at my church, uh, sitting in Sunday school, and uh, the gentleman who was teaching said, an eye for an eye, what's the rest of that saying? And one person piped up and said, and a tooth for a tooth. And we all got a good laugh out of that. But the real way that that saying ends is an eye for an eye and the whole world will be blind. I think that there's a lot of wisdom in that as well. Even though it can be tempting to seek revenge when we feel like someone's wronged us, or when we feel like we've been taken advantage of, we can see it clearly in Scripture. Vengeance is the Lord's. And we are called to continue in kindness and goodness, even to those who persecute us. Practically, though, goodness also leads to better relationships than the alternative. So, though there are some people that will reject Christians simply on the basis of their faith alone, most people are likely going to appreciate it when someone is good to them. And this heralds back to the end of our passage on the fruits of the Spirit, which reminds us that against such there is no law. We can see this in Scripture with 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 13. Now who is there to harm you if you are zealous for what is good? So here's what I'd like to offer you as we transition from kindness and goodness into the next fruit of faithfulness. Think about it this way. When Christians show kindness to fellow believers, it's a great encouragement. But when Christians show kindness to non-believers, it's also a powerful witness. In either situation, there is so much benefit from just showing kindness. And so now we're going to address our third fruit for today, and that is faithfulness. What does it mean to be faithful? The best definition that I found here for faithfulness is the quality of being reliable, steadfast, and unwavering. Now we can see God referred to as faithful in the Bible time after time in this manner because he always keeps his word and he always fulfills his promises. We can see a few examples of this 
in verses like Hebrews chapter 10, verse 23. Let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering, for he who promised is faithful. Or 1 John chapter 1, verse 9. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. We can also see it in Psalm chapter 40, verse 11. As for you, O Lord, you will not restrain your mercy from me. Your steadfast love and your faithfulness will preserve me. This can also refer to steadfastly placing our faith in the Lord. And so in the same way that God is faithful to us, we should strive to be faithful and unwavering in our devotion to him. Now we've talked about faith in our last series, which was all about the armor of God just a few months ago. But there is another point that I want to emphasize here. Faithfulness to God is something that should carry completely into our mindset and our actions. How often are we so quick to change our tune when things aren't going our way? Just think about that for a second. I had the pleasure of discussing this topic just earlier today before recording with some of my church family, and one man offered this point. Think back five years ago, and imagine what your life might be like if you had gotten everything that you wanted back then. For most of us, I would say our lives would probably look a lot different. Maybe not always for the better. Honestly, probably rarely, if ever, for the better. Another person, though, made possibly one of the greatest observations that I've ever heard. Here's what he said. Often, the greatest blessings are the things that didn't happen, the things we wanted but didn't get. Let me say that one more time. Often, the greatest blessings are the things that didn't happen and the things we wanted but didn't get. If we were all honest, I think that we can all probably look back and identify a time when we wanted something that in hindsight we're thankful we didn't get. Whether that was because it would have taken us down a bad path or simply because God had something better in store for us. We are quick to forget that though. Wow, we're quick to forget that. Now once again, this relates to one of our previous fruits of the Spirit. Patience. When we find ourselves beginning to feel discontent or frustrated with a particular situation or outcome, it can be very helpful just to take a moment and remind ourselves of this. Romans chapter 8, verse 28. And we know that for those who love God, all things work together for good, for those who are called according to his purpose. For me, this is such a huge part of what faithfulness to God looks like. So as we start to come to a close for this episode, I want to offer you a few closing thoughts. You probably noticed that I mentioned a number of times today 
how various fruits of the Spirit went hand-in-hand and complemented each other very nicely. That's no mistake. Remember that these are fruits of the Spirit. Just underscore of the Spirit. God is unchanging, and he doesn't contradict himself. And because of that, it is easy to see why these characteristics work in such harmony with one another. So I'd like to encourage you to join us next week for our final episode in this series on the fruits of the Spirit, which is going to cover the final two fruits, gentleness and self-control. I am very excited for this one, and I think it's one that you won't want to miss. But with all that said, I hope you've enjoyed this week's episode of An Average Account of Exceptional Things. And until next time, encourage one another, love your enemies, and count your blessings. Mm -hmm.